I'm Chris. I'm your host, and you're listening to Network Nation, the politically incorrect podcast where I discuss personal and professional growth so that you don't head to the grave with regret. Woo! <laughs> Shit. Guys, I got to start breathing when I do those fucking intros. Holy cow. I'm like full blown running out of breath over here. <laughs> Give me a second. My gosh. And I still do cardio. Five minute warm up on the treadmill. Anyways, you know, I just got to say too, when it comes to singers, golly, I give them a whole nother level of credit after doing this intro. Cause I'm telling you guys, like when I do this, I want to come at you with this intensity. I don't want to stop and take a big ass breath. And it just, fuck, it wipes me out. Anyways, (laughs) let's, let's get into the, the show, shall we? So listen, I think we can all agree that we're, we're living in some pretty crazy fucking times right now. You know, gas is five to eight bucks a gallon. Food is, is expensive as all hell. There's shortages coming our way, supposedly on top of what's already been uh, baby formula, you know, babies hospitalized because of the baby formula shortage. It's just fucking sad. You know, the chip shortage with cars. I actually just, I got a new vehicle and the sensor actually went out with the, the has like the backup camera with all the, has like a bajillion camera angles. And I'm not getting that shit until September. And I was talking to the dealership. I'm like, guys, September, like, fortunately I got my driver's license in like 2003 before they had that shit. So I know how to parallel like a motherfucker, but I'm just saying like, really, I got to go the whole summer without any sort of backup camera. I know first world problems as I'm sitting here talking about how hard the world is, but Seriously, like it, it's tough. It's really tough. And I wanted to get on here and just, I wanted to share my story about growing up because for those of you that don't know, I grew up broke as fuck and I grew up without a father and I've really learned to cherish it. And I truly believe it's my greatest asset, at least one of my greatest assets, uh, growing up the way that I did. And I think a lot of people are in these times right now where whether you're working a couple of jobs just to afford daycare, which means you're probably not getting a whole lot of time with your kids. Or if you can't even afford daycare, what the hell are you doing with them? And it's just, you know, it's tough. And like, I see, you know, Grayson's out of school for the summer and he's home all day. And we tried to get him into some summer camps out here. But by the time we moved out here and checked them out, they were all booked up. And then Silver, she gets out of daycare. You can pick her up as late as five or six, but we usually pick her up around three. We don't like to keep her in there all day. And it just makes me think about like a lot of parents that don't have that luxury. And I was one of those kids, you know, after school, I would go to an after school care program. It was called PCEC. It's like Portage Community Educational Center uh, in in Michigan where I grew up. And I would be there sometimes until seven, eight o'clock at night, like when it was dark, you know, my mom would get out of work and drive home to get me or drive there to get me. And, you know, I had to take the bus home and I had to wait for my mom to get home. Like that's just the way I lived. And there were some times when, my mom, you know, on the back half of when I was a little bit older, back half of my childhood, I was in like late middle school, early high school. Uh, she would have to work second shift and she'd be gone a lot. And so it just, all these things that I'm talking about, it really, it just inspired me to get on here and share my story with you guys. I know I've shared my professional story, but I just wanted to share a little bit about how I grew up and you know what it did to me growing up and how those hard times really forged me into the motherfucking warrior that I am today. And I say that 
being dead serious. Okay. So just accept it, but no, for real, in all seriousness, you guys, like I'm true. I'm, I'm just so, so, so thankful to grow up the way that I grew up, grew up. And me and Kara have discussions all the time about how we can make our kids childhood hard, not hard in the sense, like we want them to, you know, not have new clothes for school because we can't afford them, but just hard. Like, I don't want my kids growing up fucking soft because I didn't grow up that way. And I look at the advantage that I have over so many fucking people, not only my age, but especially those that are younger than me, kids in their twenties. Like, look, if you're in your twenties and you're listening to this, you better go listen to like Sean Whalen, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, fucking Ryan Stuman. Like you need to go listen to these people because if you can be even just somewhat of a normal fucking human being that can socialize, work hard, have moral and ethical standards, grit, self-belief, you're like, you're, you're going to be successful just because of that. Like competition is as low as it's ever fucking been. And you know, I just, like I said, I wanted to really get on here and share this. And so, so listen, for those of you that don't know, and I know a lot of you listen to this, know my story. Uh, but for those of you that don't know, I was born in California. Uh, my mom secretly got my sister and I on a fucking one-way flight to Kalamazoo, Michigan to leave my dad because my dad was uh, very aggressive, very violent, drank a lot, a lot of drugs, um, you know, abuse physically, mentally, uh, just a POS, honestly. Um, it is what it is. And so my mom had to leave. She had to back in the, back in the late eighties when I was born 89, actually, no, this would have been like 92. I was three years old. So like 92, um, they didn't have the, the protocol that they have now. And so she was able to actually buy two plane tickets in someone else's name. And that was me and my sister, uh, who used those tickets and we got on the flight and we left. And so we moved back here. Um, my sister, was, yeah, I think my sister was like one or something. It's hard for me to even remember. And so we came back here and my dad ended up moving back to Michigan a short time later. And it was just the classic, you know, um, dad would come into my life. Mom and dad would try to work it out. It was still just toxic, uh, around a lot of just negativity, a lot of drinking, a lot of partying, stuff like that. Um, but my mom always wanted what was best for us. And, you know, she always, she, a lot of times fell victim to her environment. Um, you know, she was swindled by a narcissist and she hung around the wrong crowd. And I always just truly believe that my mom is one of the best women who just got caught up in the wrong environment. And she never, you know, she never went extreme. Like she was like, she was never, uh, like an extremely bad parent per se, like my dad was, you know, I always felt really safe. Like my mom always took care of me. And there were times where I felt obviously a lot of uncertainty and chaos and commotion and shit, but I always just felt like my mom would always just be there for me. And, you know, I remember when I was in second grade, we had bounced around, you know, house to house and we were, I was switching schools. I literally switched schools, uh, three times in elementary school. So five grades, I went to three schools didn't really get to forge any like super deep relationships, um, in elementary school. And I remember in second grade, uh, my dad came home one night, he crashed his Corvette, he was drinking. And at the time my mom and dad were trying to work it out. And I just remember there was a night where my dad came home and he was like super drunk. And me and my sister went into my mom's room and we were like scared and we were sitting there and 
Um, you know, my dad came in and he was like, look, you know, there's either two things that are going to happen tonight. Either I'm going to leave you or I'm going to kill you. And I know that's some fucking deep shit. Um, but again, I promised you guys authenticity and I think it's important to share this. And so sure enough, you know, my, my mom, my mom took my sister, went into the bathroom. Um, I, I was kind of like, I am, or was the golden child for my dad. You know, he, I was his favorite. Uh, he never laid a hand on me. He was never abusive to really any of us kids. Um, I mean, he has, he has some, like my older uh, half brother, he has, you know, some other kids, but at least to me and my sister, he wasn't like that. So my mom went in there and called the police. And I just remember like being around my dad and he just had these like crazy looking glazed eyes. And I was just like, what the fuck, you know? And I remember I was trying to be really nice to him because I was just really scared. And they came in there and they like, you know, threw my dad down and arrested him and took him to jail. And that was it. Like, that was it. That was the the straw that broke the camel's back. And my mom was, you know, officially done with it. If you, if you will. And, um, sorry guys, I had to get a drink of water. And so, you know, growing up, I mean, my, my mom just, you know, she always tried to do what she needed to do. She worked at Kmart, uh, you know, a retail store for those of you young bucks, uh, owned by Sears. I think they own Sears or something like that. But anyways, worked at Kmart, was an office manager, had a pretty decent job and Kmart ended up closing. She lost her job. And this was right around the time when I was in like, I believe fifth or sixth grade, if I remember correctly. And at that time we had moved into what used to be my grandma's house. It was, uh, it was like a four bedroom, one bath, just ranch style house on an acre of land. Um, but for us, it was like, whoa, like we're, we're, we get to live in a house, like no way, no apartment, no duplex, you know, no fucking weird ass neighbors. And, you know, like there was one time we got back from a East coast trip when I was in elementary school and we were on the third floor and we came home and all of our shit was gone. Our neighbor downstairs had stolen all of our stuff and stored it in his place and cops ended up finding it. It was crazy. I just, I remember it was just nuts. And, um, there was just some weird shit. So anyways, it was like a huge upgrade for us. We were like, no fucking way. Like we get a house. Yes, yes, yes. You know, this is so cool. And that's where my life really, it started to become a little more normal, if you will. Um, my mom, I could tell was, you know, she still went through her waves and, uh, you know, trying to find love, which meant she was dating, you know, quite a few guys and, you know, she still hung out with people that like to have fun and drink. And, you know, we go over to like bonfires and I'd be playing with the kids and the parents would all be drinking and stuff like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't a, an absolutely God awful environment, but it's definitely not the environment that I would have put my kids in all the time. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong. I have neighbors here that, um, you know, they'll, they'll come over and or they're going to, they just moved in. They're going to be coming over. We're going to, you know, have a couple drinks and hang out. The kids will play, but like, this was, you know, this was a little bit different. They were, they were getting after it. They were partying and, you know, but outside of that, and my mom kind of like serial dating, which even then she always looked out for her kids. I mean, she's ended relationships with guys that have, you know, rubbed us the wrong way. Like me and my sister. No, Wow. <laughs> okay. Not physically, uh, <laughs> not physically. I shouldn't be laughing. Cause that's not funny, but not physically. Uh, they just, they would say some shit or do some shit and, you know, like, I just remember there was one story on uh, New Year's Eve and me and my sister were dancing and having fun. And this guy like yelled at me and my sister for having fun. And I remember I was like, dude, you can't, you're not allowed to yell at my sister like that or me. Like you ain't my dad. So don't, don't yell at me like that. And I told my mom and the next day his shit was, 
sitting outside the th- few things that he had over there. And that was it. He was gone. So again, outside of like the serial dating and the, the party and stuff, like my life started to like normalize. And my mom was always looking out for us. And I was, you know, going to a middle school and everything was good. I was in Taekwondo. You know, I was, I had friends, like shit was normal. Like I wasn't like this fucked up weirdo or anything like that. But I always just, I always just thought differently because when I was in like second grade, you know, I was understanding like what child support was because I would ask my mom like, Hey mom, why can't we get any new shoes for school this year? Like, I don't understand. Like, why don't we have money? You know, like you're working. She's like, well, that goes towards the bills, honey. And your dad didn't pay child support this month. So we don't have any money to go get you stuff. And so it was, you know, it's just something I understood. Like, I don't know. I just kind of understood it. And so I always just thought a little bit differently, you know? Um, I was like that, I was like that kid, even though I was social, I was that kid on the bus listening to like Eminem, you know, like relating to his lyrics and how his like hard upbringing, what it did to mold him. And he was actually a big inspiration for me as a kid. And it's just, it was just kind of, it was a unique balance, you know? Um, like I said, I, I, I did my thing. I lived my life, but it was different. And so as I was growing up and got into middle school, you know, my mom was, my mom was not the most emotionally mature or stable person. As you can imagine all the shit she's been through with losing her job. Now she's got this new job working at the state hospital, literally about around a bunch of crazy people. She went through all this stuff with my dad. Um, you know, she had a hard life growing up. Her, her dad neglected her quite a bit. And so that would come out, you know, my mom and I would fight a lot. Like we would really fight a lot. And me and my sister didn't really get along a whole lot. Cause I was just, you know, I picked on her a lot and stuff like that. And there was just a lot of chaos in the house. And so we'd yell and we'd shout and it was just a lot of chaos. And, you know, but at the end of the day, like I said, like that was my person, you know, that was my mom. She took us to go camping. She made sure I got to Taekwondo. Uh, she made sure I was taken care of. And, you know, she wasn't ever perfect, but like, she did a damn good fucking job raising two kids with all the shit that she's been through. And her and I have had some gnarly encounters. Um, you know, a few times she's been like, I mean, you know, she used to take the belt to me. Um, she's, you know, when I got older and I like, this was kind of more college. I'm kind of time-lapsing here, but when I was in college and I'd drink, I'd call her mom, come get me. And she's like, Nope, you can walk your ass outside. I'm not coming to get you. It's three in the morning. I got to go to work go freaking sleep in jail. Like she was just, you know, she was just a tough little son of a gun. And, um, so that was the upbringing that I had with her, you know, a lot of chaos. And, uh, my older brother, he's eight years older than me. I have two older brothers, uh, one in particular that I was just really close with growing up. And he really, really looked out for me. Um, his dad was remarried, is remarried and just had a much more, uh, calm and controlling environment and lifestyle. You know, his, his dad lived on a lake. I'd go over there. I'd go tubing. I'd go jet skiing. Uh, have a, have a good time. My brother's in Taekwondo. We'd have fun. He'd whoop my ass. And he was just, he was my role model. Like he was a leader for me and he really, really kept me in line because I was a troubled kid in a lot of ways. You know, I had a temper. I talked back to my mom and like, I would say all the different names in the book. And it was a, it was just a really gnarly situation because I felt like I really had to protect myself because like I said, there was just a lot of emotional turmoil. And so, you know, I'm progressing through, I'm in middle school, I'm in high school, I get into high school and, um, you know, again, just, just had our, our times where we couldn't really afford a whole lot. My mom never really drove a nice car at all. Um, I ended up getting a, a Honda Civic from my uncle 
And it was a, keep in mind, I got my license, I think in 2004, it was a 1997 Honda Civic. So it was a pretty nice car at the time. Like it was nice. You know, I ended up putting some subs in there and it was one of those things where like my mom ended up driving my car, taking my car because I had a nicer car than she did. And, you know, sometimes in high school, at some points throughout high school, I was on what they called hot lunch. Uh, I think it was called hot lunch where I would literally have like 25 cent discounted lunches. And so I'm going through, you know, all my buddies are, you know, paying two, two fifty or two dollars for their lunch, and I'm paying twenty five cents, and it was just fucking embarrassing. Like it, it was embarrassing, but it is what it is, right? I had to do what I had to do, and so at certain times, like like I said, there were certain like parts of my childhood where we did a lot of fun things. I mean, we always went like sledding and camping, and went to Lake Michigan. We went out to go see my family on the East coast. Like I really had an awesome childhood in a lot of ways in that regard. And then there were times where it was really hard. Like we fucking struggled financially. We were broke. Uh, we were on food stamps and you know, it, it was tough. It was really, really tough. And so I go, you know, I go off to college and it was local. My, my college was local, uh, but I would still come back and see my mom and like, you know, usually on a weekly basis, have dinner, hang out. And it was really good for our relationship because we very much had the kind of relationship where, because we were just so at each other, uh, throughout my childhood, it, it, you know, we have this deep, deep, deep love for each other, but we're better off just, you know, taking each other in doses. And, um, so I'm doing that, you know, I'm living in this house with my brother for the first year. And then I ended up moving down to campus and I did the classic, you know, live on campus, live with roommates, have fun. And everything was like, honestly, everything was good. Like I, I was going to school for sales and marketing and I was in a business fraternity. You know, I had a lot of friends, I was getting ready to move out to California. And then that's where, uh, when I graduated, I moved out, moved out to California and started my career. And that's where, if you want to learn more about that, uh, go back to my previous episode about leaving my W2 and you'll hear more about that story. But as I got older, you know, I realized I had developed insecurities because of the way that I was brought up, because of the chaos, you know, I doubted, sometimes I doubted my ability to connect to people. I doubted my mindset to be able to be successful. You know, I truly, when I was in, so let me rewind for a second. When I was in high school, there was a point there where I was just, I was a really tough kid. My mom, I came, I remember I came home and I think my brother was there, but my mom, my sister, my brother, and there was a like juvenile pamphlets, juvenile school pamphlets sitting on the table. And my mom was like, pick one. Cause you're fucking going. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, like, and I think I like broke down crying. I was like, I don't want to go. And she was like, well then, you know, change your shit because if you don't, you're, you're going. And so I, um, I just had this, like, I just had this tough, this, you know, the, a tough time mentally, um, with myself, you know, like where I doubted myself and my ability to be successful and my ability to like connect with people. And I truly believed that I would either end up dead or in jail. Um, I don't know why it, well, one thing that I left out, my dad served time, I think two years in prison for something about child support or something like that. But I remember going to see him in prison. I remember I'd like visited him in jail and, um, you know, just that was guys, that was just the environment that I was in. Like I was just at that lower tier. And the fact is, is whether that sounds fucking heartless or not, like that's what it is. We live in a hierarchical society. I was on the fucking lower tier with income, with awareness, with emotional stability, IQ, EQ, all that shit. I was around people that fucking drank, partied. Um, my dad went to jail. Um, I have a second cousin who literally was like smuggling drugs from Mexico. And he's one, he was one of the largest drug dealers in Kalamazoo and just got busted. And 
tried to arrange for like a fucking bomb, like a bomb to go off in some politician's car. Like it just, that's just the shit I was around, you know, or that was in my family. And so I didn't have this vision for myself. You know, I always knew, I take that back. I always knew I wanted to be successful and that I would try to live a different life. But I, I just, I never knew what that meant for me. I didn't know what I didn't know. I always thought that rich people just were born into rich families or they were these special people. And I just always kind of just felt like an outcast a little bit, even though I fit in and I had friends and I, you know, I did have like a certain type of confidence. I think Taekwondo and my brother and even my mom helped me with that a ton. I just didn't have that, that clear kind of vision like I do now. And I understand that, you know, when you go through your twenties, you've got to go through these periods of like feeling lost and shit like that to really understand who you are. And sometimes people go through that in their thirties, forties, and fifties. But I look back now, 33 years old, and I just realize like how amazing my life has served me. It really has fucking served me. And I think in today's day and age, where especially over the last like five to 10 years where they're like, you know, political correctness is, is more prominent than it's ever been. And masculinity is toxic and all this shit, like that's added to that suppression. And I'm, I'm now like starting to realize over the last few years, I'm like, no, like, listen, my mom was hard as fucking nails. You know, my brother was tough on me. My master Muhammad was tough on me. And all that chaos and shit in the household, it taught me how to stand up for myself. But it also taught me how to respect my mom when I would disrespect my mom and I'd go get my ass beat at Taekwondo or my brother and my uncle would call me up and say, the next time I fucking see you, I swear to God, if you do this one more time. So I was balancing this. Like I learned how to stand up for myself. I was learning how to be more respectful. And there were just a lot of different things in my childhood, you know, being broke valuing, you know, the fact that you got to work for things if you want them, valuing a dollar, like my God, valuing a dollar, truly. Like I remember asking my mom for 10 bucks and we just literally did not have the money. And so I just realized I'm like, you know, really, like I said, over the last like three to five years, it's just become more clear to me. You know, in my mid twenties, I still took a lot of pride in like where I come from. But really over the last three to five years, it's like really like become clear to me. I'm like, dude, this is my superpower. Like the fact that I was at this like lower tier as a child and now I'm like climbing the fucking ladder and I, I live a good ass life right now. That's just the facts. And I'm not even in the rooms that I want to be in, but I'm getting there and I'm going to be there. And it's so cool to have this like wide spectrum of life to understand that I came from where I came from so I can relate to those people. You know, the, the, the janitor, the, you know, the subcontractors, like those people that just live a little bit of a different life all the way up to talking to, you know, my investor who's worth over a hundred million dollars and being able to get advice from him and connect with him and align with him and his goals and how he grew up. Like, it's just, it's fucking amazing. It's really, really cool you know, but it was tough because a lot of those people that grow up on the bottom, they stay on the bottom because it's all they know and they don't know how to break free of it. And they don't have any guidance or leadership. And a lot of people that are born into really, really good families and higher tiers of society, there's a lot of good from that, but they also lose out on a lot of that, that grit and that fortitude and just that forged and fire mindset. And that's the shit I got to experience. So I'm getting like the best of both worlds. And it just, I, I truly feel like that's what's 
caused me to have such a, not only a broad spectrum mentally, but just even with my personality, you know, knowing how to balance the dichotomies of like having fun and living life, but being serious and being goofy and just like, it just, all of that stuff was, was more extreme because of how I grew up. And so I just, you know, if you guys have grown up the same way, I hope that you have this kind of mindset. If you're trying to level up, just remember you got to dig deep on how you grew up and let it serve you. Because I truly think that there's a lot of shit going on in society where they try to suppress that. They really do. Like this whole toxic masculinity, you know, fucking guns and beards and tattoos. Like, look, if that's your shit, that's your shit. Like rocket. You know what I mean? I mean, we live in a world full of Priuses and beta males and everything's electric, you know, even though they're fucking burning more coal than (laughs) oil and gas wells, you know, suck up oil. That's a whole different story. Uh, But we just, we just live in this, like this beta world and we need more tough forge and fire resilient motherfuckers who can blaze the path. They can blaze the path. They're the ones that know how to relate to people, connect with people. They have a moral standard. They know they came from shit and they don't want to go through shit and they don't want other people to go through shit, but they're still willing to go through their own shit. Even nowadays to forge that path ahead. You know, it's like they say hard times create good men. And that's where we're at right now. And I just think that, you know, Growing up broke, it's like I said, it's it's truly helped me value working for things I want, the value of a dollar, the pride in the come up, so much pride in the way that I came up and what I've overcome. You know, that wide spectrum of being able to relate, like I'd mentioned, and just the overall confidence that it builds, you know? And so I just, like I said, I say this to you because if you grew up this way and you're still being held back, remember that it's your greatest fucking strength. If you didn't grow up this way and this isn't something that you 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 grew up going through, just remember that life all it, it is about grit. It is about being forged in fire. You do not grow in times of comfort. You grow in times of despair, times of stress. I mean, diamonds are fucking created under mass amounts of pressure. You know what I'm saying? So if you have kids or you're gonna have kids. Even if you didn't grow up the way that I grew up, just remember, make it fucking tough. Make it tough. I'm all about enjoying life and loving life and living life, but I'm not all about being a fucking grocery bag in the wind and the universe is just going to take me where it takes me and sunshine and rainbows and all this beautiful. No, no, listen, fuck all that noise. Yes, maintain your spirituality, let the universe serve its purpose. When something happens, accept it, let it go, move on, learn from it, but forge your fucking path and make sure your kids are doing the same thing. Because we all see the people getting eaten alive right now in society. It's people that don't know what the fuck they stand for. It's people that have never experienced anything hard in their life. It's something, it's, it's a, it's people that don't know how to forge their fire. So what do they do? They call on the government to help them. And what does the government do? They keep fucking them over. But then meanwhile, you have more of these tougher, and I'm not trying to get political here, but it's just the facts. You have these tougher conservatives 
you know, veterans, people that have grown up through some shit. And what do they want? They want the government to leave them the fuck alone because they know how to forge their path. They know how to live a good life. They know how to work for what's theirs. They know that diamonds are created under pressure. And these people don't want to fucking be bothered. They don't need the government's help. And I feel the same way. I don't need the fucking government's help. I don't need anybody's help. The fact is, is I can do whatever the fuck I want to do because of the shit that I've been through and the shit that it's taught me. And a lot of these people that are my age and a little bit younger that haven't been through shit, I'm, I'm going to fucking eat them alive. I am eating them alive. I just left my W-2 making $250,000 a year two years ago, and I'm making more money now than I did two years ago. And I'm not saying that the money is everything, but it's a fact that I could build a company, put my head down, establish my vision, fucking pursue it, and reap the benefits of all the opportunity that's come my way. And it's because of who I am, what I've been through, how I connect with people, the grit that I have, the vision that I have, and the fact that I know I'm forging fire. So I put myself in tough situations all the motherfucking time. So listen, again, I want to recap this. If you've been through the tough shit and you're dealing with something right now, you need to understand that that's your superpower. You need to harness that. You have a fucking gift that a lot of people don't understand, especially the younger generation. They don't understand. All they know is fucking iPads and iPhones and Teslas and no guns at school and teachers aren't allowed to have guns, like anti-Second Amendment. That's all they know. So use that as your superpower. And if you haven't necessarily had a quote unquote rough life, I'm sure your parents had a tough time obtaining the success they did to give you the life they gave. Pick their brain. You already understand that success comes through grit and tough times. If you live a good life, you should understand that. And so with that said, don't make it easy on your kids. Don't make it easy on the people around you. I'm just super passionate about this, you guys, because I, I, I seriously, like I grew up as a confused kid, not knowing how I fit into the world and where I related. And I wasn't, like I said, this crazy fucking loner, but I, I wasn't that ignorant, you know, high school jock that's now fucking sitting, drinking beers in his garage at 5 PM reminiscing on his, you know, prom King days, right? I wasn't that ignorant kid. I was a really analytical aware kid. And I literally knew in high school, I like heard it. I'm like, I've heard the stories about like the popular kid that fucking falls off because they don't have it rough. They don't have it rough. You know, they're cocky. They think they have it made. They know everybody. They're popular. And now look at them now. They're fucking losers for the most part. And I know that's a stereotype, but it's true because I literally see it with kids in my high school and kids I went to high school with. I literally see it right now on Facebook. And guys, it's just the facts. So. I'm just, I'm passionate about this shit, man. I've, I've been through so much with like self-identity and having conversations with myself about the way I grew up and how it plays into the world. And as I'm now an entrepreneur and I go through more grit arguably than I ever have, and I have kids and I have way more responsibility and way more stress yet. I'm happier. I'm more confident. I'm more poised and I'm more focused than I've ever fucking been. It's because I've realized that that shit's my strength. I know my identity. I know my place in this world. And at the end of the day, I'm here to fucking take some names and kick some ass. Love you guys.